This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network, Andy Reid after that. Oh, yeah. They were leaning last night, 19-8. Easy win for them. Right, I know the Broncos kind of kept it close, but come on. The Chiefs weren't really the no, Chiefs. No, the Broncos last night. didn't keep it close. The, the Chiefs, Chiefs kept offense, it close. No, yeah. not the Chiefs. The Chiefs offense, offense kept it close. The Chiefs defense was outstanding. And that's probably the part of Thursday Night Football that's going under the radar. The Chiefs defense is really, really good. Yes. Right now, the Chiefs defense ranks fifth in total defense and second in scoring defense. They have been outstanding. Those young players flying around around the football, I mean, guys like Nick Bolton and George Karloftis to go along with some of the mainstays they have like Chris Jones, I just I think this is one of those defenses that you're going to have to watch out for because if their defense can continue to play like this, we know that Pat Mahomes and the offense are going to figure it out eventually down the stretch. They don't have to be as good as they need to be in order to win a Super Bowl, and no team knows that better than them because they've been in the conference championship game five years running. So I think that's probably the sneaky big news coming out of Kansas City this morning is how good that defense is. They're legit. That was one of the things I wrote down watching this game last night. We focus so much on Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, as we should. We do not give Steve Spagnuolo enough credit for what he's done with that defense in Kansas City. They've been outstanding. And I wonder if they're going to just leave Frank Clark there. Like, hey, you were once here. We'll just leave him here for you. The Broncos. Doesn't it feel like that, Maybe. though? Doesn't it feel I like mean, they're Randy on Gregory their way to, to the be Niners, reunited? Yeah. Frank Clark, where is he going to, you know, and, and that's, that's one of the many people that the Broncos potentially could look to potentially release or trade, and they restructured his deal to make it easier to do as such. Of course, it is unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, <laughs> brought to you by Chase. So we've talked today about two situations across the NFL. We talked about the Broncos and how last night, obviously, was another Ugly loss for them. Standalone Ooh. game. Russell Wilson not even throwing for 100 yards. And Sean Payton, we think, did not want Russell Wilson. Was offered an inordinate amount of money. Took the job. Was going to see if Russell Wilson could be his guy. Right now, it doesn't feel that way. We've also talked about the under-the-radar story of the fact that Deshaun Watson, from an on-field perspective, is actually getting somewhat of a pass. And that we don't talk about him the way that we've talked about you know, Dak Prescott or even Josh Allen or Justin Herbert, we mentioned today, like, hey, come on, let's go already. But Deshaun Watson has an enormous contract and the mm-hmm. Browns gave up an arm and a leg to get him. And, and he's probably not going to play again this weekend because of injury. And I put it up there, uh, Dr. Pepper inbox at Evco Radio on Twitter. If one team has a do over Broncos with Russ Browns with Watson, which team would take that do over first? Oh, man, you got to say the Browns with Watson, right? I don't know. I'm asking you. What do you well, think? Well, I mean, this, this is the year that Deshaun was supposed to take take off. We gave him a pass in the limited action he saw in 2022 because he hadn't played football in effective two years. So it's just like, okay, we knew he was going to be rusty. This was supposed to be the year that the Browns took off. This was supposed to be the year where it all came together. The biggest question that we were supposed to have about the Browns was what they were going to be on the defensive side of the ball. Well, guess what? That defense ain't a question. As a matter of fact, the only question we're asking about that unit is, are they the best in all of football? Because right. they're that damn good. But the offense has been awful. The offense has four – they've got ten turnovers through four games. And six – no, excuse me, seven of those turnovers have given the ball to the opposing team's offense in plus territory. That's point-blank scoring range. Deshaun Watson has got to be there, he's got to be available, and he's got to play better in order for this Browns team to realize – the potential of this team, but also to get the return on the commitment that they made to him amidst all the controversy. 
I think it's Deshaun Watson as well, and I don't even think it's that close yeah. because of all of the circumstances surrounding this. When the Haslams and Andrew Barry decided to employ Deshaun Watson, you did so with the assumption that the football portion of this was going to make it all worth it. Mm-hmm. You move on from Baker Mayfield, by the way, if you're the Browns, he's 3-1 and one and has the Bucks rolling. But yeah. they were right to move on from him. I'm just saying, okay, but you made a decision that he yeah. wasn't the guy, and you ultimately determined that despite 26 women filing civil lawsuits against Deshaun Watson alleging sexual misconduct, that the football portion of this was enough for you to take this gamble, right? There are not only financial consequences that CC outlined very well, there are moral consequences here. There's yes. a, there are reputations that are on the line. Not only people losing their jobs, but this organization said, we believe in this person. And specifically, we believe in the football side of this person so much that we are willing to give him $230 million guaranteed. And so far, neither one of those things has really worked out. Beyond fair. You know what I was thinking about? You remember a few years ago, the NBA had this thing called the amnesty clause where each team had the opportunity to just get rid of a player. They'd have to pay them their owed money, but it wouldn't count against the cap, right? So Mm -hmm. they had this random rule that popped up. And I was thinking if we applied that here, I think the Broncos would do that in two seconds with Russell Wilson. I still don't know that the Browns would do that. I don't know that the Browns would take a do-over. I I believe, maybe I'm wrong, the Browns are sitting there saying, no, we still think Watson could be good. I think the Broncos have made up their mind that they don't think Wilson could be good. Well, they don't have a choice. They got rid of their first-round draft pick for not only the 2021 season, 2022, I mean 2022, 2023, but also 2024. They, They don't own it. The Texans own it. So, they don't have a lot of pathways to add another alternative at quarterback if you're the Cleveland Browns. So they've got to give this thing a little more time with Deshaun Watson. They have no choice by virtue of the contract, but also by virtue of what they gave up for him. But here's the thing. Even if you determine after 2024 that he's not your guy, how are you getting out of that contract? Watson, you're saying. Yeah, Watson. Yeah, how how I, are you getting out of it? I, you have to restructure, pay him a ton of money up front, which you already have done. So what, what CeCe's talking about is just an astronomical breakdown here uh, per Spotrack or Spotrack. I never know how to pronounce that properly. <laughs> I just call it Spotrack. But anyway. Uh, anyway I so mean, it's if you, 63.9 million, next year in cap hit, $200 million dead cap, which means if you just say he's not good, we're going to waive him. You're basically paying him your entire salary cap to not be on your team. Which they can't do. They That's incredible. But here's the thing. You can't even do it the following year. You can't cut him after 2024. He's got a $136 million dead cap hit mm. if you try to cut him. You can't get rid of him. And I don't know that he has value elsewhere. Even if you were to come to you and say, hey, this You're ain't not a fit. Who, I want to go tra- to Atlanta. Who's trading for that contract? Well, the other team that was mentioned was Atlanta, but why would Atlanta want him but, right but, now? But NFL owners just showed you that we're not taking guaranteed contracts. Look at Lamar Jackson and how that situation plays. We're not giving d- d- guaranteed contracts to players because we don't want to be in the situation that the Cleveland Browns found themselves in, which is one player holding the entire franchise hostage. Right now, it's Deshaun Watson's way or the highway. If your ownership, if you're the GM, if you're the head coach, you ain't making none of the decisions. He is. There is nothing, quite literally, nothing you can do right now unless Deshaun Watson violates some type of moral clause which allows the the Cleveland Browns to go after the contract and make it null and void due to conduct detrimental. Unless Watson does something like that, there is absolutely nothing the Cleveland Browns can do. Now, conversely, if you look at the situation with the Denver Broncos, the Broncos can cut Russell Wilson after this season. 
Now, it's going to be ugly in terms of what their salary cap is, but if you're pushing the reset button, if you're drafting a quarterback, then you deal with it because the team and the organization has already decided that they're tearing this thing down. They jettisoned Randy Gregory a couple of weeks ago to the San Francisco 49ers. They're shopping Frank Clark. They're believed to be putting Jerry Judy on the auction block. They're tearing this thing down in Denver anyway, and Russell Wilson just so happens to be in the house while they're doing it. I, I don't think that it's cost prohibitive for them to move on from him early on in the offseason 2024. You just brought up a whole can of worms I hadn't thought about, and I hate to even go down this route. They are getting to a point in Cleveland, I'm sure, around Deshaun Watson, that if he doesn't put up here, right, something, playing games and performing, that you do wonder if they're going to look into, hey, is there anything else that we have in our back pocket that he is? I'm not suggesting they want somebody to violate the clause, but is there any other information they could use to get out of that contract, which you just said? Well, I hate he, to say well, this that way. Well, here's the thing. The conversation after the Monday night loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers, that was one of the things that came up because of his conduct on the field. Remember the yes. two unsportsmanlike penalty calls? Right. That, that could not had? be used. That could be used potentially to void the guarantees in his contract. So that that could that could be the pathway that This Cleveland, is a nauseating that, conversation, that, that honestly, Cleveland, but, they, but they're that there. That Cleveland could go yeah. down. But that would be the only way. That's the only way that they could get out of that contract. And, and here's the thing. In order for something like that to happen, Deshaun Watson's got to be on the field and play. Right. He can't have a personal yeah. conduct fa- penalty without being there. Yeah. So, I mean, unless it's something that's egregious that, that happens to be to violate the personal conduct policy once again, like he did down in Houston, unless it's something of that nature – you're not going to be able to get out of that contract. You're just not. And that's that's what makes the situation in Cleveland untenable. Now, I'll say this. They'll fire Kevin Stefanski and potentially Andrew Barry, the GM, before they get rid of Deshaun Watson. But I don't think that changes anything in Cleveland. And that's the scary part because Deshaun is, is, is wielding so much power there. It just causes more dysfunction. Yeah. You know, you're stuck with this contract that you if if you're the new regime, you're a new coach, you're a new GM, you're stuck with this player and this contract that you inherited and it's a big mess and you're trying to find a way around it. At least with what we're seeing in Denver, I think you feel a little bit better about Sean Payton being in control and if they are in real time stripping this down and he's rebuilding it, you know that they have a plan in place. There yeah. are, there are some deals in sports that you look back upon and say, "Hey, that changed the way that this sport operates." This feels like one of them. That we're going to look back upon it and say the way in which the Cleveland Browns decided to go out on a limb, guarantee him all that money, actually cost other quarterbacks around the league money because teams don't want to guarantee other players. Other, that's what I'm saying. Other everybody, other, yeah, other positions as well. Yeah. They don't want to guarantee a number as high. They don't want to take that kind of risk. They don't want to guarantee the full contract over the course of five years. They may guarantee over one or two, but not over that time. And you're getting the feeling that maybe, like you brought up Herschel Walker. I mean, the Herschel Walker trade changed the nature of the game. It built the Dallas Cowboys dynasty. Right. Yeah. And you think about this, and I mean, there's little – Steph Curry being injured and taking a below-market-value deal initially, his first deal, built the dynasty of the Warriors. Because Mm -hmm. his ankle was hurt, the contract that they gave him was so low because they didn't know if he was going to be able to play – it built everything. Yeah. This one is the opposite. It's mm-hmm. so high that quarterbacks are not going to be compared to that anymore, and that's not even going to be the standard. Well, let's be clear. When we say it's so high, it's not the average annual value because that's $46 million. Top of the market is 55 It's the guaranteed portion. Because the guarantee is so big, there is quite literally nothing the team can do to work out of the contract. They have to – if they cut him after this year, they owe him $200 million. Oh, my God. They, 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 it's just it's, – it's not plausible. They, they can't do it. Quite literally, Deshaun Watson is running the Cleveland Browns for the next – what do we call it? Four years? 
He, he Jimmy Haslam is supposed to be the owner. No, he's not. Deshaun Watson is the owner of the Cleveland Browns for the next four years. And, and I don't know that you can necessarily push him to play through an injury if he believes he's hurt. No, you can't push a player to do no. that. No. Right? Do that. You can't. No. You can't make him play. You can't but make it him seems play. like an untenable situation. It, it, it feels like it, it feels like this is headed down the road of the Cleveland Browns trying to find a workaround to get out of the guarantees and then Deshaun Watson potentially going down the road of having to file a grievance. I, I know it's pre- – And maybe we're wrong. Maybe he does pre- play it, this it's weekend. It's pretty early. Well, they're, the saying, they're saying that he's not playing. Yeah, they're saying that he's yeah. not playing this week and they're going to elevate Phillip Walker from the practice squad. This is – this is something that we're going to have to watch because I, I, I feel bad for the Cleveland Browns fans because they actually had a lot of hope and for good reason coming into this season. And now it just feels like all of that is being dashed. It just, it's more dysfunction around Cleveland. It's more uncertainty around the quarterback position. And that's a fan base that quite literally deserves better. Coming up next, our frenemy joins the show. It's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Ryobi is awesome. Let me tell you why. This Saturday, make cleanup easy with Ryobi 18-volt, one-plus cordless leaf blower from the Home Depot. Of course, Home Depot all over college game day this weekend and every weekend. Now, I said our frenemy is joining us. Joe Fortenbaugh is part of the Carlin versus Joe team. Weekdays, noon until 3 Eastern here on ESPN Radio. Daily Wager co-host as well. And last week, we asked him specifically about the games that we are required to pick in the Pick'em Challenge, right? Mm-hmm. We were just using his expertise. Yeah, we go up against other shows, and he gave us some advice. And we are of the belief that he tanked his appearance with us. I don't know if he wants yes. a better draft pick next year, but that he gave us wrong information on purpose because what he said wasn't necessarily true with us. And then he goes on his show, and he picks the opposite a lot of the time. Did you tank your appearance with us last week, Joe? What an interesting way to start. Not a how you doing, not a thanks for taking time out of your day to join our (laughs) show and post our ratings because you know you're going to win this quarter hour. You know you're winning this quarter hour. We're worried about you. Yeah. Did you (laughs) tank? Okay. Well, first of all, good morning. Great to be with you. I did not tank the appearance. From what I understand, you brought me on. You asked me for those picks. I didn't realize those were the pick em picks for. the contest we're all doing on ESPN Radio. And then I was led to believe that you guys were intentionally betting the other way. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. I, I don't have uh, a, a second source on that. But I'd imagine you're talking about the Dallas Niners game. Yes, I like Dallas. But my very astute, 
cohort, Chris Carlin, said he was putting his foot down and he was taking the Niners. Mm -hmm. And we ended up going with the Niners because I trusted his gut on that one, just like he trusted my gut on a situation with the Steelers over the Ravens. We work well as a team, and that is why, Evan, you should have led this by saying Joe Fortenball, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, the team that is leading the ESPN Radio Pick'em Challenge because we are that savvy, we are that sharp. Take that canty. How you feel? I feel like you sandbagged us, and I feel like you're an all-time <laughs> bad guy. I don't even understand why my co-host, Evan, called you a friend of me. We could drop the friend part. You're just an enemy, <laughs> enemy. as far as unsportsmanlike is concerned. But, Joe, I want to talk to you about I think what I think is one of the most intriguing games on the slate in the NFL in Week 6, and that being the Seahawks paying a visit to the Bengals in Cincinnati. Now, this game had the line at around 3 in the middle of the week. It's since moved to 2.5. The Seahawks – counterintuitively, I guess, have lost three straight games under Pete Carroll coming off of a bye. They're going up against a Joe Burrow-led team, and Joe Burrow all of a sudden now starting to look a little better. Reports out of Cincy saying that the calf is getting better. What is your read on this game and at the line at two and a half? Most important part of everything you just said was the line moving from three to two and a half. That's the most, and we've talked about this before, that's the most important point spread in all of football because more games end on a differential of three than any other differential. It's somewhere around 13, 14% of all games end on a differential of three. So when you see a point spread at three or at two and a half or three and a half and you see the move, the dance that goes back and forth on that number, that is a very big indicator. And that moving from three down to two and a half that is not public money that's doing that. Those are the professionals that we're getting in on Seattle plus three. So you know where those guys stand, and for good reason. You make an interesting point that the Seahawks have struggled off the bye. They do have two weeks to get ready coming into this game. They have a top 10 offense. They're going to be able to score here against Cincinnati's defense. They do have a big road win on their resume this year. They went to Detroit and handed the Lions their only loss of the season. Lions had 10 days to get ready for that game, blew it, lost in overtime to Seattle. And at the same time, what do we think of Cincinnati? Are they getting better? Yeah, they covered their first spread last week against Arizona, but it's Arizona. So I, the thought process here is that Cincinnati might be a little bit overvalued in this game, and you have an opportunity here with Seattle to grab points in a game they very well could win. I also think it's an important play for some. I haven't done it yet, but over 45 has been a popular play as well. These two teams should hang some points. Seattle's a very good offense, as mentioned. Their defense still leaves a lot to be desired. Joe, let's talk about New England at Vegas, the Raiders. We have Bill Belichick. We've been talking a lot about him being on the hot seat. He's going against his former disciple and Josh McDaniels. How do you view this one? How would you lay the, the, the money on this one? This game is disgusting, Smallman. This game is absolutely <laughs> disgusting. This slate is wonky in general. Yeah, there's a lot of games. I'm looking at my whole card here. There's, 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 it makes me sick, and that's what it should do. It should make you sick. I, I, I've heard this from, from really smart guys who have been doing this a long time. If you're not feeling at least a little bit uncomfortable with your wager, you're probably probably doing it wrong. You shouldn't be that confident. You should feel like something's wrong. Like I was on Denver plus the 10 and a half last night. I felt awful all day about that pick. Let me tell you, <laughs> let me tell you what. Now I end up losing that pick, but the handicap actually ended up being quite solid. So I'll end up, I'll, I'll take those. When you're way off on the cap, that's where you have to go back and check the process. This game's been dancing around three as well. There are still some threes out there where you can get New England plus the three. Uh, it's moving to two and a half. So again, that does indicate sharper money because the public's not jumping in on New England at this point in the week. I, I'm on the Patriots here. I think this is a good buy low spot. This game, 
uh, 10 days ago, last Wednesday, when the look ahead lines came out, it was a pick 'em. It was a pick 'em game, no point spread. And the Raiders go out, they beat the Packers, Patriots look awful against the Saints, and then this thing jumps all the way up to three. Like, that is a huge move. I see it as an overreaction. The Raiders have not scored more than 18 points in any game this season. The offense is limited. And I think it's a good buy low spot on the Patriots. So I'm holding my nose here, but I am playing New England plus the three. Talk with Joe Fortenbaugh, of course, host of Carlin versus Joe, Daily Wager, co-host here on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, with you. Joe, numerically, the best game of the weekend, the game that features the least amount of losses, ironically, the Lions at the Bucks. Yeah. Are we taking the the Bucks seriously in this game? Lions favored by three and a half on the road. Do you think the Bucks could cover? Tough one. I haven't done anything with this game just yet. I've been watching it. It did move from three up to three and a half, which indicates some Lions money there. I've been impressed with Tampa Bay. You know, they were one of the top three favorites to have the worst record in the NFL before the season started, and they've handled their business, but they've beaten up on the teams that haven't been very good. They stepped up in class against Philly. They had it handed to them. No shame in that. Philadelphia is obviously a very good football team, So, and, and I don't think anyone really expected a whole lot from Tampa in that matchup. So here we go. You're coming off your bye. You're at home. You're in Florida. Maybe there's some humidity there you can benefit from. The Lions have been a wagon. I mean, they have just been handling their business week in and week out. I lean a little bit to Tampa Bay right now, plus the three and a half. Just a little bit. But like I said, I'd be doing you a disservice if I really sold that pick because I haven't done anything financially with it yet. By game time, I might get there. But I, 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 I've been very impressed with what I've seen from the Lions. The defense was one of the worst in the NFL last year. Now they're 15th in scoring D. Again, the competition hasn't been great, but they are handling their business. Joe, I got to ask you about what's going on in Cleveland. The Deshaun Watson situation is, is, is all kind of crazy. It's got things out of whack. This game between the Browns and the 49ers started out at plus five at the beginning of the week for Cleveland. Now it's at plus nine and a half. How do you see this game with the 49ers riding high off that big win against the Cowboys going on the road against a really good defense in Cleveland? All right, so I'm going to end up throwing this right back to you because you played and you might be able to give me some insight as to why, where I'm struggling with some of this handicap. The game was sitting around six and a half, six with the Niners as a favorite. It was even less than that on the look-ahead line. And then the announcement happens with Watson, and then this thing shoots up as high as 10. Now, there's a very low total in this game, 36. So they're telling you this thing is priced to be low scoring. They're basically telling you it's something around, I don't know, San Francisco 25, Cleveland 10 in this game. So maybe you play the Cleveland team total and you bet them under 13 and a half if you expect very little from them. What I want to know from you, Canty, is the Niners have been great. You come off this huge Sunday night butt whooping of Dallas. You're going across the country for the early start time, and you find out the starting quarterback likely isn't going to play. Could some complacency creep in here? That's what I wonder. Because if the Niners give us a Niner effort, they're going to bury this team. But I wonder if maybe they get off the plane and they're just not as focused as we've seen because they're off the huge win and they're facing P.J. Walker. Is that possible? Should I be concerned there? Yes, you absolutely should be concerned. Now, here's the Man, thing. Man, I should have played in the NFL. I am so smart. I should have played in the NFL. <laughs> well, I, I, you can be smart in the NFL at your size. I don't think you're going to make it very long. <laughs> now, I, I, I would say this is a natural spot for it to let down, but this is where coaching matters. Uh, in this spot, Joe, and, and that's why I, I'm I'm still 
confident that the 49ers will be able to handle their business and they should cover. But this is a game that could be wonky just because of how good Cleveland's defense is. I don't think yeah. anybody in the NFL is paying attention to what they're doing on the defensive side of the ball. You're still talking about them being number one in total defense despite their offense having 10 turnovers and seven of them leading to offenses having plus territory possessions. That, that's really well said. I do think this game could be a little bit closer for some of the game than expected. You might get the sleepy spot from San Francisco early. So I'm glad we talked that out. Thank you. That does really help. Well, this was a sleepy spot as well. So that's a good uh, thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, look at that. There he is. There he is. The net, when does the Netflix special come out, Evan? My wife and I would love to watch it on a Friday night. I'm just night. worried about the Matt Jones one. Matt Jones is the only ESPN radio host. So shout out to Matt with the Netflix special. So we do have that on the ESPN radio resume. Joe, thank you so much. I'm not, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not done. I'm not done. You didn't even ask me for my best bets. You asked me for a bunch of games that I might not even like. I'm going to rip through these real quick because I'm going to do the people a service. Baltimore minus four in London. I don't believe in Tennessee. Big bounce back spot. Indianapolis plus four over Jacksonville. Jags just spent two weeks in London. I think the body clocks are going to be off here. I think Indy's undervalued. And in college football, Bowling Green plus four and a half over Mm -hmm. Buffalo. Wink, wink. Have a great day and a great weekend, everybody. Wink, wink. Why is there a wink, Why wink, is there a wink, wink, wink on wink, Bowling Green wink. Buffalo? Joe, thank you. Uh, Carlin versus Joe. We're going to call him our frenemy. That's what he is at this point. Uh, with Carlin versus Joe, Joe Fortenbaugh, of course, noon until 3 Eastern time and a daily wager. Coming up, our ESPN Radio pick Do we go with Joe's picks or not? We'll find out next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100, 100 times, times your money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to prizepix.com slash morning and use code morning for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepix.com slash morning, code morning, for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. Dining in dollars, doing business and bot, wherever life takes you, the Wise account helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast. Wise is the easy way to connect all of your finances internationally. Buying that dream property in Portugal? Done. Freelancing in France? No problem. Sending money back to mom? Simple. All without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Minimum fees, maximum ease, full speed. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash unsportsmanlike. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. This is a challenge. Challenge. This is ESPN Radio's Pick'em Challenge. Time now for the Pick'em Challenge here on Unsportsmanlike. On ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can watch us, ESPNU course listen all across the country and all of our great espn stations so here's what we do we have three games nfl mm-hmm. games we pick the games against the spread and we go up against our teammates 
here on ESPN Radio. That is correct. The yep. standings uh, are as follows. Carlin versus Joe, you just heard from Fortinbaugh, 12-3 and three on the season. Game night on ESPN Radio with Q Myers, Emmett Golden, and company, 11-4. and four. Freddie and Harry, 9-6. and six. Unsportsmanlike, that's us, 7-8. and eight. Amber and Ian, 7-8. and eight. Greeny, 5-10. and ten. Now, I'm not trying to pit people against each other, but... There's been a little bit of drama here internally in terms of where our picks have gone. Mm-hmm. Nuno, producer of this show, would you like to stake your claim or state your case, I should say, as to why you think last week's performance was our fault and not Fortinball's fault? Ooh. Well, not our fault, but one specific individual on the show. He said, I can't pick against the Ravens, so we took the Ravens. That's correct. And then when we got to the 49ers... Cowboys game, you guys were leaning 49ers. He said, I have a veto. I don't know why he had a a veto. I think he just made it up. He's like, I have a veto. And you're like, all right, cool. And he took the, and he ended up taking the Cowboys. And he's like, well, if they lose, we get to kill them. If they win, we win. So, like, so I think Kansas. So, hold on. First of all, first of all, let me clarify. The reason why I had had a veto was because the Baltimore Ravens the week before. Covered against the Cleveland Browns, Correct. and right. we went as a show with the Cleveland Browns, That's right. and I felt disgusting about it picking an AFC North rival over yes. my team in Baltimore. Right, so I had to follow that up with not only picking my Ravens against the Steelers and laying the points, but I also had to veto Cowboys 49ers, and I wanted to go with the Niners, but in my head I'm thinking if we pick the Cowboys, it's the best thing for the show, right? Because if the Cowboys so cover, we're right. If they lose, then we're going to kill them all week, which we did. So Joe did or didn't give us bad advice then, Nuno? No, Joe, Joe gave us good advice. Oh. I think we thought we were too smart for this and ended up screwing ourselves over. So is he no, not our friend of We went with Joe with the Bills, Jill Zags pick. We went no, with Joe. Well, okay, maybe you guys need to find yourself a Carlin who, who goes with his gut and actually, you know, this sways his uh, co-host. Huh. I, I don't, I don't, I don't like you pointing the finger or blame at me, Nuno. I don't know if I can work with you under these conditions. I don't feel good about it. I don't like it. I don't like it. So how do we want to handle it this week? We got Seahawks at Bengals. Bengals. Let's are talk about it, okay. like 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 adults do. Discuss okay. it. There we go. Let's talk. There about we go. It. All right. Let's talk. All right. About it. Uh, by the way, before we do that, Adam Schefter just tweeted something. I want to make sure I get this across. Separation official. No, not Will and Jada. D- Denver is releasing Frank Clark in the same week he gave back a million seven to help create this scenario. Clark played two games with the Broncos after signing with them this offseason. He joins Randy Gregory as the second pass rusher in a week to leave Denver. CC translation is: if he's giving back one seven, does that mean he knows he's getting one seven somewhere else? Probably. Probably, and I'm not sure Frank Clark had to get on the plane last night. That's what I keep <laughs> I'm thinking. not sure he had to get on the plane last night. Frank Clark like, Kansas I can City. just stay right That's here right. in Kansas City. I feel right at home. Yeah. All right, Seahawks at the Bengals. Bengals favored by two and a half. I think the Bengals are going to win this game. You wrote the Bengals off saying that they're done. Um, CC Smalls, where are we at? CC, where are we at with this game? I like the Bengals in this one. Joe Burrow is looking like himself again. I think that they know that they need to continue to ride that wave, ride that momentum. The Seahawks have been tough, but I like the Bengals. Yeah, there's no margin of error for the Bengals. They feel like they're a desperate team. Seahawks coming off of a bye, not good. Pete Carroll, the last three years off of a bye, all losses. So I'm with the Bengals. And here's the thing. The Seahawks' pass defense ain't been the best. The last four games, they've well, in all the four games that they've played, they've allowed a 100-yard receiver in each of them. I don't know if you guys have heard about this dude, Jamar Chase. But over the last three games, Jamar Chase, 34 catches, 406 yards, 
three touchdowns. Jamar Chase checking in, still good at football. <laughs> I like the Bengals laying the two and a half at home. All agreed. We're good. Okay. Vikings minus two and a half at the Bears. Bears for them have played well recently. One game. Nah, they played okay in the in the first half the of the off, game before. The offense played well against the Denver Broncos. Yeah. Yeah. The Vikings favored by two and a half on the road. Kirk Cousins not thinking about his next destination, at least per his words this week. Justin Jefferson not playing. Where do we want to go with this? The Bears haven't won a home game in a calendar year. (laughs) I will repeat myself. The Bears have not won a home game in one calendar year. I'm sensing you want to go with the Vikings. Let's not get too excited about it. One victory over the Commanders. I just, I, I think it's a little bit of fool's gold with what we're seeing with the Chicago Bears. Let's not forget what we've seen the entirety of this season. And let's not forget that they have not won a home game in one calendar year. I'll say this, the Chicago Bears had extra time to prepare, and it feels like their offensive coordinator, Luke Getze, has kind of thrown caution to the wind in terms of how he's using Justin Fields. They had more design runs against the Commanders than they showed in any other game that they've played in this season. I think that element of it softens defenses and gives more opportunities for shots downfield with D.J. Moore. I actually like the Bears in this spot. Well, we have a problem here. You like the Vikings, you like the Bears. Do we have a coin? Can no, you're the tiebreaker. You're the tiebreaker. You're the tiebreaker. You're the coin. You're the tiebreaker. Okay, so what do I root for? The show. It's better for the show if the Bears win because we can talk Kirk Cousins trade rumors. So I'm going to go with the Bears just for the sake of the drama on the Come show. Come to the dark side, Evan. <laughs> so that's where we I'm going. We make picks in the best interest of the show. I love it. All I right, love it. Last one. But shouldn't we be making yes. the best picks that we think are going to win because that does help the show? But and I mean, I'm just bragging, think, think, right? think about it this from this standpoint, Smalls. The Bears are getting three points at home, so home field advantage is worth three points. So do you think is that it in you, Chicago? Yeah. So, yeah. So so do you think that the Minnesota Vikings are six points better than the Chicago Bears? They should be. They I don't think they be. are. Without Justin Jefferson, I don't think they are. Yeah. yeah. No. I well. Yeah. It's on the record, okay. we have Bears plus two and a there half. There it is. There it is. Um, so there we go. Lions minus three and a half at the Bucks. Again, I will reiterate, numerically, this is the best game of the weekend relative <laughs> to the lowest number of losses between the two teams. Both teams have one loss. Lions have not necessarily pulled away, but are pulling away in the NFC North. And the Bucks are the division leader in the NFC South. Lions minus three and a half at Tampa. For the love of God, Lions. If I'm ever going to take you seriously. You got to win this You got to win this yeah, game. I agree. I agree. You have to win this game. I, Joe said that you should feel a little bit uncomfortable when you're making picks. I will go out and say Detroit Lions laying the three and a half on the road. I am very, very uncomfortable about doing so just because I think Tampa's defense is underrated and understated aspect of why they've been successful through the first quarter of the season. I, I'll roll with the Lions, but I don't feel good about it, Smalls. I don't think we'd feel that great about picking either one of these teams. Great point. You great point. That's a great point. That's a, that is Baker Mayfield as a quarterback on the other side. You can make an argument for, for either side, but I think if we're going the Chris Carlin gut check vibe here, I think don't we feel better about the Lions? We do. And the Lions have a road win, an impressive road win. Uh, I mean, in Kansas so, City. Kansas City. So let me so. just let me just. So we're going to go with the Lions minus three and a half out of the Bucks. But let me just point something out or ask a question on this. So theoretically, the Bucks win this weekend. They're then four and one. They have a win against the Lions. They have a better record percentage wise, win percentage wise than the Lions. Are they now the third best team in the NFC? They're in the conversation. 
The I Tampa Bay they're, Bucks they're, minus they're, Tom they're, Brady. They're in the conversation with the Dallas Cowboys, the Detroit Lions, um, the Seattle Seahawks. They're all they're in that conversation for that third best team. I think there are four teams that are vying for that spot, and that's changing week to week. The yeah. reason why I like the Lions, though, is because what we get from them does not change week to week. Mm-hmm. They are a consistent team. They are a physical team. They're tough, no, tough minded. They're hard nosed. I, I, I like this team. Like their only black mark on their ledger is an overtime loss at home to a Seattle Seahawks team that can score points. But think about this for a second. Let me just play out something that is not crazy at all. Let's play out the Cowboys on Monday night losing to the Chargers. Not crazy, right? No. no. Three and three would be the Dallas Cowboys. Let's play out the Lions going on the road and losing to a one-loss Tampa team. They then go to four and two. Tampa is four and one. Let's play out Seattle, which we already have, losing to the Bengals. They become three and two. Numerically, the Tampa Bay Bucks would be the third best team in the NFC behind San Francisco yeah. and Philadelphia. Definitively, in my mind, then, Todd Bowles, Coach of the Year, frontrunner. We forget he exists as the head coach of that team because we still think about them as Arians and Brady. Todd Bowles with a win. It's already done a good job this weekend. Todd Bowles has done a phenomenal job as Bucks coach this weekend. They may put themselves, standings-wise, as the third-best team in the NFC out of nowhere. We all sat here before the season and said, go trade Mike Evans. Trade Godwin. Tank, what are you doing? You have a chance to go and get another franchise quarterback like Brady. And they instead go out there and get a bridge quarterback in Baker Mayfield, a coach that has had two, three former, two or three former stops along the way in Todd Bowles as a head coach, and he's done a great job so far this season, and they could solidify themselves behind San Francisco and Philadelphia out of absolutely nowhere in the NFC. Coming up, our unsportsmanlike, that was unsportsmanlike, <laughs> moment of the week here on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers, thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact. Helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. 
This is Unsportsmanlike with Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, and Michelle Smallman. Unsportsmanlike. Pat Costello, what are you over today? Patriots fans, I'm tired of you all complaining because <laughs> I think you've had enough. You've had enough. Let other people have some wins. I think they are. Excuse me. Wow. You okay? Wow. We have the Unsportsmanlike wow. moment of the day. He couldn't, he couldn't even, he couldn't even utter the words. That's wow. the His he body revolted against I th- him. I think we have. He couldn't wow. even get the lie out of his mouth. So I won, I won the unsportsmanlike moment of the week? No, I won the unsportsmanlike moment of the week. With what? At least when you said something, <laughs> there was an actual word. I just made a sound in the middle of a complete sentence. I still don't know what the sound was. I wait, was trying wait, to talk about how good Ray Lewis was. Wait a second. It was absolutely to awful. Close to me. Wait. Oh, that was last week. That was last week? That was last week. Wow, I had a CTE moment. Okay, that happens. Sometimes so then are happens. you giving it to me? Uh, are we giving it to him? Some other I, candidates I feel, we've I, I feel icky the- about giving Ev any kind of wins on the show. Thank like, you. I don't want him to win anything. <laughs> don't worry. He'll turn it over to you next week. Exactly. He'll find a way to mess this up, too, right? Because this is like the Nyack of Sports Talk Yeah, Radio. exactly. He's going to find a way to have a turnover, throw an interception. Yeah. See, that's a little too personal, don't you think? The fact that I threw eight interceptions. I think they game. are. <laughs> <laughs> so We're going bad. personal. We're making it personal. That is like so Michael Parsons said earlier this week, it made it personal. Like Bryce Harper. Uh, so there's a guy in the Phillies I want to throw out there. Garrett Stubbs, right, uh, Pat? That's your guy in the Phillies? Uh, Legend. Last <laughs> Legend. night he partied after winning the game and winning the series against the Braves. He took a Budweiser um, box for like a 12-pack, and put it on his head as a hat that he was wearing around the clubhouse. Now, is that sportsmanlike or unsportsmanlike? Oh, that's sportsmanlike. You can do whatever hell you want to do when you're celebrating one of those types of shit. That's the other thing, though. That's the other thing. I will say this about baseball. Like, it does feel a little weird sometimes that they jump out of the window for celebrating advancing in the playoffs. Like, if you're in the NFL or you're in the NBA, you're not really popping bottles unless you win the entire thing. Unless you unless you get the chip, unless you're bringing home the trophy, you're not popping bottles. In baseball, oh. they pop bottles. They win the wild card round, oh. the DS, the CS, and the World Series. I'm like, don't y'all think y'all are doing a little too much celebrating? They do really no. celebrate every time I, they advance. I'm glad you are the one who brought that up. Go ahead, Smalls. So in St. Louis, obviously, I was fortunate enough to be able to cover a lot of postseason victories advancing to different rounds. And you know if there's an opportunity for the team to clinch that you better bring an outfit that you don't care about or shoes you don't care about that day. Because when you go in the clubhouse, everything is taped up and it's going to get ruined. They are going for it, whether it's the DS, the CS, or the World Series. But you don't see that in football or basketball. The though. Diamondbacks? You would have thought won four World Series. Oh, yeah, come they, on they, for they them? That, that probably feels that way. I'm grumpy like that too. Like I don't like the over celebration too early. Well, you're a Patriots fan. You're yeah. a Heat fan. Two years ago, they lost yeah. 110 All y'all do celebrate championships. I remember when Bill Belichick won the AFC title game. They handed him the trophy, and he whisked it away to somebody else. Like I don't want to hold no, this thing. Get it out of my hands. Man, man. This is not what we play for. Well, Jimmy Butler wouldn't touch the uh, the Eastern Conference Finals trophy. Well, you know that's in, in hockey. Players won't touch the Stanley Cup. They won't look at the unless Stanley Cup it, yeah. unless you earn it. They yeah. don't want to be near it. So I just, I just think it's strange that you celebrate oh every stage of the playoffs I when agree. you win. But I what agree. if it's, That's what a weird if thing. you get a little taste of it and then it incentivizes you to want it more? But Smalls, aren't the Phillies have been there, done that kind of team? It's not like this is their first time doing this. Okay, you want to argue the Diamondbacks who did celebrate like they won four World Series titles and haven't won a World Series t- since when? 
Yeah, since February. No, no, they beat the Yankees. You want to? He wants to just ignore the. Why fact do you, that I they don't beat understand? I don't understand why Yankee you want to keep bringing Big that Yankee up. Hater. Why do you want to keep going Big back? Yankee why hater. do you want to keep going back to that? Because I'm a Yankee hater. But I, I agree with oh, your overall thought guy. process. Did you? Did you celebrate like you win a playoff game? No. Never. No, you don't celebrate winning just a playoff game. I mean, it's it's weird because people want to celebrate winning a division, and you got the t-shirts and the hats, and we're like, why do you care about the t-shirt and the hat game when you want to be playing for a championship? That's weird. Like, why do you guys hate fun? Nobody's keeping, oh, nobody's keeping the hat that said New York Giants 2011 NFC East Division Champs. Who the hell cares about that hat or T-shirt? Didn't Nobody. The Colts, didn't the Colts hang up a banner? Yes, after yes. The Colts it's, did it's, hang it's up ridic- that banner. That's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, Wait, but Pat, you're fighting on this? You're fighting us on this one? Yeah, it's fun. It is fun. Let the boys have fun, you know? If it was normalized in your sport to celebrate advancing every round in the playoffs by popping bottles and partying, I'm sure you would embrace I, I, it. I just remember my teammates on the 2011 New York Giants urging everybody to stay in during the week at the Super Bowl site. Because the parties before the Super Bowl aren't nearly as fun as the parties after the Super Bowl when you win. I just don't understand why we feel the need to party and celebrate when you have won absolutely nothing but the opportunity to advance and play again for the championship. A totally, large totally part of agree. it was beating the Braves, I have to say. Yeah. That, that was a very you mean what you did series. last year? Didn't you do that last year? Yeah, and they went crazy after that one. Yeah, know, but if I mean, you lose in the CS to the Diamondbacks, you look absolutely ridiculous. That's right. And Hard disagree. Now, how, disagree how do you too. feel about? Because everybody does it. Every do, team does it. But Cece, how do you feel about? Like, let's say the Lions win the division. Do you feel differently if it's a team that hasn't been there? No, in forever? I would be okay with the Lions doing it because I feel like this that would be the embodiment of what the fans would be doing. Like the Lions deserve to do that because the fans have earned the right to be. Like, listen, th- this is a team in the Phillies that has been to a They're World Series in recent memory. Like. It's back to back CS appearances. He's this is ridiculous. Overalls. He's got one, two, three, four, five beers on him in the overalls. You don't want to do this. This is like a great time. No, th- this is making me want to root against the Phillies. This is what it's doing. To me, I yes, don't want to this be is it. Where I do that. You've been rooting against the Phillies since day one, but okay. this, their partying, is what got I, I, you. Yeah, yeah, this, you is just, this is what's pushing it over yeah. the and top. And hold on, and by it's the way, a little bit excessive. Uh, Canty, Jimmy should have touched the uh, trophy because they didn't show up in the finals. Why are you? He's all of a sudden taking <laughs> shots at Jimmy Butler. Uh, how, did Jimmy, how did Jimmy Butler catch a strike? Yeah. Yeah. Leave him alone. You brought him up. Evan brought him up. They didn't touch Nuno's him. ridiculous. Nuno sending us text messages about, oh, I'm excited about RJ Barrett this year. Leave, <laughs> Jimmy, leave Jimmy alone. Go drink a coffee. Uh, but, 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 Pat, here's what I don't understand. Why do fans care? Why do fans get excited if your team doesn't win the whole damn thing? Because we beat the Braves. Again, you, so beat you beat the Braves, do you get a trophy for you get a trophy for beating the Braves? It's yeah, like being a it would be like hang I'd be happy if the Eagles beat the Cowboys in the playoffs. But it's if like, you lose to the Niners, if who you cares? lose the following week, what does it matter? We still beat the Braves. So you mean to tell There's me? There's no way. That, that's that's ridiculous. ridiculous. If you advance in the playoffs and you walked in to the locker room and they had bottles and all that, you wouldn't participate. We're on to Monday. We can continue this conversation. Greeny coming up next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts. 
so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.